Mana 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 this is social disgusting welcome to social disgusting a podcast where my guests and i discuss our lives amidst the wanton hellscape in which we find ourselves i am brandon aka brandon hope you're well my guest is a writer director actor husband dad low-key shaman and musician whose great album hit machine under the name dead drummer friends a punk funk garage soul musical undertaking just came out on july 13th along with co-hosting the great podcast jam space please welcome scott rogers welcome all right i love it thank you uh <laughs> it's nice to hear things back and the quick surprise of oh he's reading my instagram bio oh yeah <laughs> when i saw that too i was like wow that's a better summation than i can ever come up with so well Copy, um, paste, done. Good to hear, though. That means my branding is sound, right? It's very effective, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's very good. good. I also didn't realize how difficult a phrase a punk funk garage soul musical undertaking would be to read because when mm-hmm. I started reading it, it felt like I was on like a verbal tightrope. Like I wow. didn't know whether that would work out or not. And I think it came out okay. Yeah, yeah that was quite a You went on such a ride right there. And you did come out the other end. But yeah, it was a. I've never heard it out loud. Did know? it sound good? It sounded pretty cool. Yeah. It's a good, it's it a good collection like, of words. Yeah, like accurate, met with just the right amount of like uh, arrogance and uh, <laughs> stupidity. <laughs> uh, that The phrase, uh, calling your album a musical undertaking. I've never heard that. And so uh, I'm, I'm on board. <laughs> Let's hear this album. What the hell is this thing? <laughs> it's kind of like a, a Spike Lee joint, but towards... Mm-hmm. You know, phraseology, I like it as an alternative. A musical undertaking? Yeah, it makes it seem like more of a collective, you know. I love it, yeah. Like, oh, you're in a band? That's cool. Oh, you make (laughs) movies? That's cool. He makes joints, and I do (laughs) musical undertakings. (laughs) You know, when I I first heard the two, the uh, Spike Lee joint, Uh a part of me was like, that's interesting, just processing something new to define that. And now I'm like, oh, that's pretty great. Well done, you know, shock. It's unsurprising that he's a trailblazer because he's just such a force of nature. Yeah, I I happen to have rewatched Do the Right Thing maybe three months ago, and uh, so I'm pretty fresh on a revisit to uh, early and just yeah, amazing Spike Lee, right? He was like in his twenties when he made that, right? Yeah, something like that. I mean, he's unbelievable. Yeah, he's he's dope. Love Spike Lee. But yeah, let's, so when you first, you said, when I first heard this a Spike Lee joint, yeah, how old were you? You know, uh, like that's part of the context is like when he came out with that, we were like, was in the you know, 80s, 90s being like, my movies are called joints, all right? <laughs> and they're made by me. <laughs> Pretty freaking. I feel like the pioneer. first time he did it was he got game for some reason. Mm, I don't know if yeah, that's true. Little, yeah, he didn't come out of the gate doing that. He kind of like found that, right? Spike. Yeah, so it. I'm 38. So Getting a swagger. You're 38. Yep, yeah, I'm 40. Okay, so yeah, we were about there. So I was probably, mm-hmm. I would think like early to mid teens, probably. So a part of me was just like, oh, I, I'm, I'm used to a film by or directed by or whatever, but a Spike Lee joint. I'm like, that's pretty well done. Yeah, I love it. And maybe, uh, yeah. So I guess I'm kind of like Spike Lee in that way, where came along and just was like look i'm into musical undertakings <laughs> yeah it's a an album funk yes garage it's, soul it, musical for... joint <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> uh yeah um 
Love it. Well, what else? Here we are. Let's start it out the way we always do for some reason, just as a starting point. Mm. But how how are you? In the moment, really good. And uh, good. It's I just am having a moment where I feel a little. I feel pretty good. It's Friday afternoon, you know, and uh, I think. I also feel pretty good because I've been very low in the last couple of weeks. I feel like I've bottomed out emotionally a little bit and mm-hmm. uh, psychologically. A lot of people have been telling me I've been contracting. There's expansion and contraction, right? And yeah. uh, I think I had a good six months um, working on infrastructure stuff for my teaching, my projects, etc. And a lot of, you know, strides and expansion i feel like you know in my work and and i think i just hit a wall a couple weeks ago and slowly crashing and burning and so (laughs) that can make for a darker headspace but uh i do feel like i it i kind of hit that's why i say it bottomed out a little bit where i don't mean it in a bad way like oh gosh you know it's like i do think it's obviously part of it it's not fun all the time but yeah so I'm, how am I doing? I think I'm doing okay in this moment. But catch me an hour ago and I'm feeling the dread of existence. You know what I mean? It's hard to say. <laughs> it's, it's all of it at once. <laughs> I could ask you in 30 minutes and you're like, I'm terrible. It can change. It feels like I'm As way I'm talking, more... it changes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the dread. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing though. It's like... I. I say it's a deeply unfair question because it really is. Like, I, I don't know how to answer that. I mean, I'm just trying to be okay. I don't need to be great or bad. Just if I can be okay, that to me is an absolute win because yeah. everything mm-hmm. feels so much more than it ever has ever to me. Well, I think that's, I would make an argument because um, I love arguments and who cares right now, right? Like, no one's yeah. going <laughs> to, there's no consequences here, but uh, <laughs> I would argue that it's, uh, things are always um, too much and always, you know, extremely difficult. And the best way to be, we call it okay, which can feel bad. But to me, okay is a hint of balance. You know, it's a hint of, yeah. It's not the best or the worst thing. Because I think, you know, whatever, consciously or not, we think that we're supposed to be doing great or good or positive when really it's like, I don't know, I'll take not, you know, riding the crest of the highest highs in my life for not having to also take the deepest dives. And I think the more that I can be okay and, you know, there's a good okay and a bad okay, maybe, you know, there's the like... I'm okay, and I'm actually just like uh, a ball of activated trauma that I won't communicate or come out, or then there's the okay where it's like, okay, you know, I'm <laughs> just kind of riding it here, and kids helps with that, and you know, it all, you know, it's like the more plates you start spinning, and you want to keep them spinning, the more you just have to like divide your attention and your energy and you know you can't go getting too excited about anything really you know yeah well it's yeah okay can be a very loaded word to your point it could be like i'm okay or it can be eh, i'm okay not bad but not great but 
Like I, yeah, yeah. And it's, I think our brains are constantly trying to categorize, judge, assess, and measure things that are not measurable. You know, it's like things are all vacillating and going everywhere in every direction. And, uh, cause like, okay. Yeah. Like, okay. It's like, uh, I, my album came out on Tuesday yeah. and I still, I got up, I took my daughter to school, <laughs> uh, her nursery school. And then I did some work and I took myself to lunch. I went to five guys. I got a burger and a shake because my album came out, but like, that's really it. You know, a few messages. <laughs> it was just yeah. like any other day. And so it was like, it was okay. It wasn't like, I actually was talking to another musician and he's friends with a, a very famous, more famous musician, but they talk about when their albums come out and they're like, Oh, we spend the day going down to the beach and we do this and we have these parties and you know, <laughs> it's like, sounds really awesome, but that's not my life. <laughs> my life is more right in the middle, you know? And I think that's okay. <laughs> I think that's okay. I think it is. I'm getting old, you know? I'm getting old. I, yeah, I feel like that every second of every day now. You still that, live it up. You know? Yeah. yeah, that was my two two of my conclusions uh, during all of this has been, it's okay to just be okay, it's, it's and it's okay to not be okay. And, you know, like, I guess basically all that amounts to is me just trying not to be so hard on myself. Yeah. Which is a very, it's a great concept that's very difficult to execute for me, you know. But if you can remind yourself that of that and try to be cognizant of it, then I, you know at least you can kind of claw your way there, or maybe yeah. maybe I don't know. Yeah, it's and tough. I think well, a lot of it is, it's a pro, it's what you can implement in the process and in your own kind of existence and process for yourself, meaning the fact that you are almost ritualistically asking the question, how are you? That's a good practice and a good sign, you know, and a, a, a something yeah. to be able to go, okay, well, I want to continually check in because things are, like you said before, they're all going to change. I mean, I'm married uh, and we have young kids. And so there's a lot of stuff going on. Right. And uh, so, <laughs> Well, a lot of times I have to not ask my wife, how are you? Because it's like <laughs> the straw that breaks the camel's back where it's like, uh, it's, it's, you know, <laughs> there, she has plenty on her plate already, but, uh, um, it's like, what do you think? Yeah. Yeah. How, it's all relative. Um, <laughs> but the fact that you, you know, you, you, yeah, you just try to ask yourself that question and know that everything's, it's all the freaking ocean, dude. It's all ebbing and flowing let's get real here you know particles yeah. are just we're all floating here and uh yeah uh i'm having a great time just sort of chatting i, I have these moments though where i'm like am i just going way too far off in different directions no i'm all <laughs> about it i, <laughs> okay, I love it because i've been in this place too recently of like my own brain chemistry of uh you know diagnoses and you know like boiling down to okay is am i an adhd person or not you know and like really on this quest of you know i've had meds and stuff for years and different brain stuff but uh well, seems i was thinking even... about that yesterday yeah uh, I, I was thinking about like i was reading oh, yeah. i was reading um somebody's analysis 
of the movie The Phantom Thread. Hmm. And they were doing it through the prism of being OCD. They themselves diagnosed with uh, as OCD, and they were doing it as analysis of Daniel yeah. Lewis's character. Love it. And how it's and it's really interesting piece. And um, I think it was on Film School Rejects. It's worth reading. Mm-hmm. And then cool. a part of me was like reading it, and a part of me, and maybe this is just like a psychosomatic, but a, a part of me was like, do I have OCD on a small level? Because I was relating to some of these things that they were mentioning about it. And I just got in my head about it to a certain mm-hmm. degree. Right. And I wasn't like going down, a, like, you know, as if I was just like, oh, God, do I have OCD? It was more of a, oh, that's interesting. I just never thought about that possibility of myself, which then made me think about everything else. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, but not in a, in a bad way. It was in a pretty healthy way. It was just more of a, huh. And then now I'm just thinking about it. And so when you, were, you found yourself considering... Okay, OCD, is this within me? Are there tendencies? As you were exploring it, do you feel almost like some of those potential tendencies grew as you uh, considered it? Does oh, that make yeah. sense? Because yeah, like, yeah. I guess what I'm saying is when I talk to a site, I never feel, you know, we don't say the word crazy anymore, but like I never feel crazier than when I'm talking to a psychiatrist. You know what I mean? Where I'm like... And I have this, it's weird to talk to mental health professionals sometimes, right? Where you're like, am I more or less crazy yeah. than I thought, than others? Like, I don't know, you know, because I just, again, it's like I, have, I, I do therapy when I can, talk therapy. And then, yeah, it was like, like psychiatry stuff, <laughs> you know, exploring all that again and like, I don't know. It's weird. It's weird. You feel more like, am I? And then you hear about, oh, this is connected. OCD is really ADD, which is really yeah. this, which is like, it's all this, you know, things are connected. And because uh, I also do think much like some people have alcoholism, but a lot of people drink too much. A lot of people drink to cover pain. A lot of people, you know, <laughs> love the numbingness of it and it causes problems. Like we all have these things. And some of us, yeah, I think maybe not all of us, but there's some OCD in there because there's there just is, you know. And maybe yours is a a 2.75, and someone else's is a six, you know. Or even those fluctuate, you know. I think it's it's such a grand mystery, right? This brain, <laughs> boy, it's like the ocean, the unknownness of it, right? And we're just trying to figure some stuff out. What a beautiful mind fuck. Yeah, it uh, it yeah, to your point, literally. Though, Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. To your point, like it does make me think about like how much is that just being a human as opposed to formally being whatever you know, having whatever. And and granted, you know, and and to a certain extent, it's it's almost like who gives a shit in sure. that regard. Yeah. But but that said, of course, to then have that be di- diagnosed with it is to, in theory, like maybe be able to take your life back if it is debilitating. So. I'm mm-hmm. not trying to minimalize that by any stretch. As somebody no with like diagnosed anxiety and depression, which of course is in no way unique to me, but having the kind of the power of knowing the thing, let but alone being real. able to try to treat it. Yeah, yeah. It's a real thing that cannot be ignored and shouldn't be. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. You know, it's because it's both. It's all the things are happening at once. It is real it is a diagnosis there are medications there is science there is prog- you know but it's i think 
in our mind, you know, I think we, we want, we, we want more out of <laughs> definitions. We want it to be answers. I think we're always yes. like, okay, I am this. So I, this is the pill that kills the thing that is the problem. And then I'm good, you know, and it's you just like, want control. That's right. All we and want, so that's know? mainly what's occurring is we're all kind of just flumbling around here, you know, which <laughs> is like all good, you know, <laughs> and to say we're something regardless of what, it, what it is, whether it's like, a fan of this sports team or mm. having this condition, it's a part of like a weird tribalistic thing. And it's also big time giving you an answer to a mystery. And we want that illusion of control. And it's all, it's all just kind of like, mm. it's like satiating something. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Even when you're, uh, you're like Malcolm, Malcolm Gladwell who has a conclusion and then cherry picks the things to then support it, you know? And You're talking about be... when he went to Epstein's? Oh, God. Man. <laughs> I'm kidding. I know. I'm obviously, oh, no, I'm no, obviously and kidding. Hey, yeah. I don't know Express. who's listening. But, uh, He's on know. the flight logs. <laughs> but but everything, about, everything about what he does, obviously, is just that he... It does, who gives a shit? Sorry. That, I, that's just... I took the shot. I heard Malcolm Gladwell, and I, and I shot it down, and I'm sorry. Because <laughs> you had this uh, bigger point. Landing, oh, I was so. just saying was that it was just of having the conclusion and then finding the things that support it as opposed to reaching that conclusion Ooh. because of the symptoms. Huge. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Steve, yeah, but deep stuff coming out of you. That's good stuff. I love it. I want to ask you about your album. Okay. Let's talk about it. So you started making it midway at the mid midish point? Halfway point, if that's even can be constituted, because uh, we're yeah, still going on in the pandemic. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't the beginning, though, right? No, I didn't j- jump out there. So uh, let's go through it. Let's uh, just because it's on theme with the podcast too, right? You started yeah. this podcast. What did you say? March twenty twenty. March, yeah, March twenty first, twenty twenty. Wow, was when I started. Uh, just as a way to March twenty first, twenty twenty. Yeah. Wow, because that was, because I remember the beginnings, you know, and uh, because I think, yeah, we probably followed each other on Twitter because I was doing Hartzler's streams then and uh, in person, right? And then, uh, but anyways, so let's go to the, uh, I can see, I can so easily never answer a question and forget what (laughs) I was talking about. Like, it's just, it's an issue. It's also a gift. Anyways, uh. April. Did you conceive of the album and make it all during the pandemic? Or is this percolating before? Uh, Well, two of the songs, the seeds of them have been with me for years, pre-pandemic. One of them, Magic Man, is the song. I did even like a demo version of that a decade ago. And uh, Second Time Around is a song I had my friend Melissa sing with me. That one the seeds of that chords and melody were years ago. The rest of them were born out of a process of just organically putting down beats and, and then sounds and chords and, you know, building the songs in that way uh, off of a feeling or uh, without premeditating beyond that. They were all made in my garage uh in los Feliz, california that i lived in at the time but yeah so like beginning of 
uh, 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 the pandemic, you know, COVID, I had to go down with my two kids. I have a daughter who's almost four, son who's almost two. Uh, we had to live in Orange County for the first month of all of the lockdown stuff with my sister, her two kids, and husband in Orange County uh, because my wife is a medical person. She's a first responder, had to shift to ER uh, working. She works at Kaiser Hospitals. And uh, so that was wild. And then after a month or so, we finally got to come back home and then um, had some months there. And then at some point, my mother-in-law came out to live with us from Pittsburgh, outside of Pittsburgh. And uh, she was with the kids, you know, and we had an apartment and it was like kind of a lot of people, even though it was, you know, some space it was, but I basically just had nowhere else to go and just started going outside into the garage. And it started with just, oh, I'll demo a song or an idea for a, a future band or whatever. And uh, since I had the time, you know, and I kind of found this process of, all right, I'm just going to go in with the feeling and inspiration of what type of song. And I'm just going to sit down on the drums, kind of think of a structure of what a song is, you know, and just start playing. And because I always had that feeling. Um, because I've yeah. played for so long and I'm an improviser. Uh, you know, I have the similar instincts as a filmmaker too, to be like, I'd love to just kind of start going, you know, and figure it out as I go. But, uh, you know, days, days and days stacked as we all know. And so that's through summer of 2020, even fall of 2020. And then, uh, all of a sudden I had 12 or so songs and my buddy Alex Burke, who does a jam space podcast that you mentioned, uh, yeah. you know, he's a musician and has his own little studio space in the back of his place. And so he agreed to, initially it was just like a birthday gift. He was going to like mix a song or two. And then it turned <laughs> into this whole album and it turned into months and months of him and I working on it at his studio through the front half of 2021. And so now the album has Alex, a whole bunch of like synth and keyboard and other friends, Michael Cassidy, piano, trumpet. I think he was a guest on this, huh? Did you have him? Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was. Nice. Yeah, he's one of my my best buds, you know. Um, He's awesome. I was texting him right before this. Um, Another dad, you know. Um, uh, (laughs) But uh, yeah, all to say that we built it, you know, yeah, starting off, you know, like, I'm, he has like a back shed that's built into a studio. And so I would just be outside the door with my mask on listening and just kind of shouting. He wasn't that far away, but you know, like we just worked on it that on uh, that way, you know, and uh, just had fun with it. And, and Alex is, has become friends with this kind of legendary uh, musician and, producer and he ended up mastering it uh robert wow. Mar- margoleff is his name if you look up robert margoleff m-a-r-g-o-u-l-e-f-f uh this was you know like this is why you try to make stuff and and do your best and because you end up sometimes meeting cool people <laughs> and yeah. robert margoleff is like synth synthesizer and robert margoleff are like He's like way just such a pioneer. He worked on all Stevie Wonder's albums in the seventies, and uh, just like if you look up his credits, it's bananas. And then yeah, I'm looking at them now. Good. Yeah, man. yeah, and uh, but even he's uh, you know, now he's like eighty something, uh, and uh, maybe eighty eight something. But you know, got to meet him through Alex, and he's around. You know, he's just like around, <laughs> and like like everybody, you know, like time 
you know, takes its toll on people where it's like the ups and downs and financial crashes and ups and downs. The guy's still working and doing his thing, but like, you know, I was fortunate enough to, yeah, get to know him and he, uh, mastered the, the, the tunes, you know? And so like, that was just a huge, you know, music. I hesitate to call myself a music nerd or whatever. <laughs> like that's such a term, you know, nerd is such a, obviously such a term. Like, oh, it's I'm such a, a loaded phrase. Now I'm a weed now. nerd, you know, like, yeah, all right, yeah. cool. You know, like, <laughs> I know all <laughs> the kinds. It's like, that's fine. You know, it's all good. Whatever. The term nerd can mean <laughs> more things than ever, you know, like it could be used yeah. in that kind enthusiast. of twee way yeah, like that. Twee, yeah. 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 I'm an enthusiast, you know, yeah. I'm, uh, I'm an enthusiast. And so, uh, and Stevie Wonder especially. Oh my gosh. You know, well, like, I, I saw, yeah, I saw Stevie Wonder on what well, I guess became his last ever tour, or I think that wow. was, and it was, um, he played the entirety of songs of the key of, in the key of life wow. and some other, it was amazing. And it was like four hours long. It was incredible. Yeah. That's like, amazing. Yeah. Growing up and getting deeper into like musical influences and stuff. Uh, cause yeah, I was a punk kid, you know, I liked music my whole life. My dad liked music, like, oldies whatever rock yeah. you know whatever you're exposed to and then uh punk as a kid you know i'm like an OC, orange county early mid 90s punk skater punk kind of thing which then leads into the clash which then leads into i think once you pass the clash then you're like okay cool like wow i could go in any direction from here yeah. like soul music like you know in any direction and so yeah turning i think out of high school and I was in like a punk reggae band, but we were just in that age of, uh, you know, late teens, early twenties of just being such enthusiasts, you know, and just hearing all those new things for the first time. And yeah, I was in this punk band called the Dingies and they, uh, are still buddies with all them. And that's kind of the umbrella I'm putting the album out under is international city recordings, which is, uh, other guys from that band, Dingies, and you know we're still all buds and make our own kind of solo stuff. And um, so I thought that'd be fun, you know, to kind of connect it to that. Um, but that's all a, a, a verbal riff on Stevie Wonder being cool, because <laughs> we would smoke weed and listen to Stevie Wonder at, at 20 years old and be like getting our minds blown constantly. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, he's a justifiable. Holy shit. Well, like the seven, yeah, like learning, being 20 and learning about the real Stevie Wonder, where you're like, oh, I know who he is as a cultural figure, yeah, as an icon, he's blind, he shakes his head back and forth, you know, he has songs, but then you go, oh, four out of six years in the 70s, he won album of the year, and you listen (laughs) to those four albums back to back, and you're like that's the greatest thing that's ever happened, you know, and he played all the instruments and he did the whole freaking thing Played the drums, played all of it. And, uh, this guy, Robert Margaleff was there, t- you know, like honing with Moog, you know, the inventor of the freaking Moog, like they're in there dialing in synths and stuff for Stevie, you know? And so it's like, what a wonderful, uh, you know, life can be cool sometimes and music is cool. But I know what you mean though. Like I've had that discovery too, where you hear of, the legend and the person of like David Bowie, but then mm-hmm. you listen to their music and you have that, that weird realization of like, Oh yeah, they're amazing. Yeah. You know, for as, sure. it, because you know, as if like their reputation precedes them, but it, 
you still have to discover that for yourself. You know, like I was watching like that two part Elvis documentary the other day. Oh, the, uh, it's on HBO or something. Yeah, it's really yeah, good. I haven't seen it. Um, it's really interesting because they talk. They actually talk about the musician Elvis, you know, and mm-hmm. how meticulous he was. And and funnily enough, the guy that we know for music primarily, the thing that's talked about least is how he was at actually doing the music. Mm. So it was that there was almost like that thing of like, oh yeah, he of course he was really talented. Yeah, shocking. You know, he had everything yeah. else going for him, but yeah, oh yeah, he was also good at that thing we know him for. Interesting. Right. But yeah, but such, I mean, Elvis, it's like such an example of it just the, the mass group mind sort of <laughs> like yeah. taking over someone's life, you know, or you're just like anything he was is secondary to the figure he became to everybody, you know, and that's got to be weird. I feel like I always kind of looking at old Elvis footage or him in the 70s and I kind of have my dad's voice in my ear because I'm sure he was like saying this stuff. <laughs> but like, uh, just looking at how it's like, kind of, it is kind of sad, you know? It's like, you're Elvis. What are you going to do? You know, <laughs> everyone's like looking at you, hey, Elvis, you know? And you're like, yeah, you know, I like singing and dancing, but you're just such a whole thing. I don't know that it's, it feel, it, it's got to feel kind of like a bummer a little bit, you know, to be like, I think to your point about circus, like, circus, you know? Yeah. It's like saying the the dual answer of I'm okay or hey, I'm okay. It's like you're Elvis. You're Elvis. He was like I'm Elvis. You know, and like that that just seems like a prison, an Elvis based prison. You know, to 100%. to be like that because you can't not be Elvis in that case. Hmm. That just sounds miserable. And he didn't even he didn't even know he was Elvis. <laughs> you know what I mean? No. You're a kid. Yeah. You're out there. You're like, hey, I'm just trying to sing, man. And uh it's like, oh, dude, you're like so hot and good. <laughs> you're Elvis now, you know, like you shaked your hips on TV and now humanity has that burned in its brain and you're, that's just what you are now, you know, like you've changed everything and everyone. I'm not against Elvis music. I'm just, I don't know. I, I And I always loved watching his movies growing up and my dad always loved them and I think those are fun, but, uh, and I got respect for Elvis, you know, but. I don't know the way that some people are like, whoa, Elvis is the one, you know, I guess I just don't fully get it anymore <laughs> in this day and age. You know, it's like, he's amazing. He's great. Great singer. Sure. Listen to Elvis sometimes. Why not? But people still trying so to like, he's the king of rock and roll. Yeah. Like, it's like, I mean, give me a break. Like, <laughs> well, it's a, it's like any, um, any like fan that goes to bat so heavily for anybody. I'm pretty much turned off by yeah. because it's just like, like, yeah, but like we got it, you know, like, you know, even the Beatles and granted, I think like the backlash of saying like, you know, being anti the Beatles. Yeah. I think, you know, that's give them their respect. Like for fuck's sake. Yeah. I think the Beatles are fucking sick. (laughs) (laughs) I think the Beatles are great. Um, they're unbelievable. Really good band. Um, but I'd, you know, I'd sooner hear somebody go to bat for ELO than be towards mm-hmm. the Beatles. It's like that, that is well-trodden territory. Best. Got it. You know, but like ELO or a band like that, I'm like, as they say, give them their flowers because they're unbelievable. And I don't yeah. feel like they get, you know, like the Eagles get it all. It feels like an ELO is mm-hmm. just, like just sitting there wowing you with their musicality. They're unbelievable. Yeah. And he put out a record a handful of years ago now. 
Um, and it's great. Jeff Lindsay, hello. It's dope as hell. Yeah, hello. It's so good. What? Uh, when the night comes is the opening song, I think. And then there's also when I was a boy. Those are like the two, yes. maybe like first tracks or singles. But both of those songs hit. So, <laughs> so good. And like, do you, you know that it's not back then, but you also it has a quality that is pretty much non-existent of like people who were kind of killing it in the seventies, still making music, you know, like it can still be cool and good, but in a really cool way, it was just like, damn, like you could put this right next to other ELO songs and it like holds up, you know? Oh, absolutely. It was like finding a, like a $20 bill in your pocket yeah, or like an old jacket, like as if it's always been there because, you know, I think to your point, like he's not trying, he's not trying to keep up with the times. And that doesn't always work, but for that album, I think it works great. And he's got a cool, cool afro, and he wears cool sunglasses. <laughs> yeah. So, what do you like? You know, what are you normally listening to? What am I normally listening to? This is a great question. I'm glad. Uh, I listen to. I don't know. I'm really all over the place. Mm-hmm. Uh, I listen to, and it's a tough question. You know, I get asked that. Question. It is. It's, very it, tough. it's like asking how you are. Like even really yeah, like day don't worry day. too much about it. It's not going to define you. What are you listening to lately? You know, anything? You know, the band on. that I've always said is my favorite, just as like a stock answer, that really does it for me is is the band Muse. I like them a lot. Oh, okay. You know, Great. I yeah. feel like they're kind of like, you know, modern queen in a way. Not sure. saying that they're comparable, I, but I mean, like big stadium rock, uh-huh. anthemic. And and three guys. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. They, they make, Which they put really out cool. so much sound right. for three guys. You know, I just know. I love that. lead guitarist, singer, and... Bass player and drummer, and they put out so much. And also, they have a a concert a concert film that came mm. out, I think, last year, mm-hmm. and it's amazing. It's genuinely so good. Nice, highly recommend it. But Muse, uh, I love Bowie, Animal Collective, wow. uh, Tame Impala. You know, I, I listen to it just every, not everything, but pretty close to it. Tame Impala, very cool. Um, I love it. Good times. Yeah, just because it's it's interesting to hear from people who are like, hey, I listened to your album and enjoyed it. Yeah. You know, to be like, that's cool. What's it sitting next to? You know, like, <laughs> what, what else? What informs that? Yeah. Yeah, like, because obviously, like, what you like and have listened to f- forms your perspective on how you're listening to other stuff. And uh, so, yeah, um, I appreciate you listening to it and saying, kind things about it but uh um no it's great it really is i highly recommend it to anybody because it you know i was listening today both while i was driving and then when i was working out and it you know i, I think about that too with albums how well you know it's like what can i do with this out, yeah what can i do with this album mm-hmm. and if it takes both of those disparate boxes pretty good You're that feels good. like a good endorsement yeah i've listened to it through uh, thinking I'm like, oh, this is nice, you know. It's like you can sit and concentrate on it. You can, but also has a kind of momentum and energy to it. It's about 35 minutes, right? So it's like you could knock some time out, but also doesn't take forever. A lot of the songs are super quick. I'd say like nine of them are two minutes ish long, and there's a couple of four minuteers like throughout. But uh, um, yeah, my buddy Josh. Uh, Simpson uh, was telling me he ran and listened to it, and he was like, "It's good for that." And I was like, "I love that." Just that it's 
it's it is mind blowing you know it is like uh it's still it's it's cool you know and it's because di- it's different to, if someone likes each thing that you do you know like someone could be like oh i like this funny thing you did or whatever you know they like but uh to make something that you went in your garage and did and, and feels like personal and like kind of like reflects who I am inside and what I like and think of musically and as a person and how I create and it's kind of all on display to yeah you know to get positive feedback to have someone stop in this day and age are you kidding me you know you got to stop amongst the noise are you kidding me of social media sound like Elena Johnson right now Um, (laughs) has she been on this pod Yes, yes. I think and maybe I did see her name. One of her early questions was, uh, I think her first question was, to me, one recording was, who are you and what is this podcast? Yeah, I, I felt that. Which is perfect. I felt that yeah. coming. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, because yeah, I, I don't know, because uh, she has a podcast I used to produce, and uh, um, I just talked to her recently, too. Um, Alana's the best, but uh, forget why I'm talking about Alana. Um, just people... Uh, Listening to your stuff, you know, uh, feels good. Well, especially when, you know, to your point that it happens so organically and, mm-hmm. you know, and, and when you're doing it without expectations, you know, for yourself or what it's going to be or what you're going to receive from it, then to get positive feedback and have people like say they genuinely enjoy listening to it, it's all a win. Like that's a complete win. Yeah, for sure. And I'm excited to you know, listen back to stuff like this and this time period before it inevitably like kind of blows up and changes culture and uh, sort of like a wild stallion situation I'm feeling, you know, (laughs) I think I could be that like Bill and Ted's and it'll be cool to listen back to this and be like, remember each, remember when each new (laughs) listener was a victory, you know, and to yeah, it'll be nice to look back, you know, it is true, though, like to have that feeling of, uh, is what true, Scott? Uh, well, I'm going to tell you. Uh, the, <laughs> the positive feeling of someone being like, hey, this is cool. This is good. And it, it feels really nice. And you think about famous musicians to be like, wow, that pr- experience for them to where it was like that at the beginning. And then they kind of, all of a sudden, it, it gets to such a level to where it has to become impersonal. Right, where all of a yeah. sudden it's like a like sea of people looking at you, being like, "I love your album," <laughs> you know, <laughs> as a, as opposed to that one person being like, "This is great." It's like, man, I can I can only imagine what that's. Yeah, that. The, no wonder people numbing. like yeah, like no wonder people like either go to rehab or uh, who knows, you know, that's a crazy dealing with that many people. It's got to be crazy. To, by the way, speaking of uh, Wild Stallions, to answer, again, retroactively your question of what I'm listening to, mm-hmm. Big Black Delta, uh, who I had on this podcast, who did two songs for the Bill & Ted 3 soundtrack, actually. Wow. So, um, he's, there you go. his music's amazing. Highly recommend it. I Can't recommend it enough. We are now at the 57-minute mark. I see that. Three, at 157. You got to get her at 158. I wish so, we could talk longer. I'm having a I know. I really want to time. keep going. We yeah. might have to do a part two. But I'm down. You know, I'm around. Um, Perfect. Okay. 
If but people got to beg for it, you know. Tell me if the fans <laughs> are clamoring. Of, okay. We need more of this deep dive with you. I'll get a groundswell of support. I think I don't want to go crazy here, but I think we're gonna this. There's gonna be an offshoot podcast, me and you. You know what? We I have it in. I almost said writing. I have it in audio. So uh, I guess we. Just <laughs> well, by the way, out. we could call it long discasting. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> okay we're at 58 just a, just a pitch um i yeah. respect a heart out what all Thank real you. fast you want to point people toward and then we will get mm-hmm. this thing done yeah uh the the project we've been yammering on about is the <laughs> the album i made under the moniker someone told me what's the uh per, the something creative moniker of your music and i was so stoked to hear that talk about musical undertaking the moniker is dead drummer friends dead drummer friends the album is called hit machine uh find it where you find music spotify etc Bandcamp. i've got some cds and stickers if you want to i'm thinking of doing a t public but uh mm-hmm. right now i'm just gonna you know put got the album out there so i'm excited about it deaddrummerfriends.bandcamp.com and dead drummer friends is a a, a nod to my Two dead drummer friends, uh, Gian Molina, who played drums in my old band, Cotillionaires, and Harris Whittles, the the, uh, comedian of his generation, you know, lost too soon, but fortunate enough to uh, be buddies with him and jam with him. And uh, we were drummer friends, you know, we'd share each other's drum sets and, uh, you know, one one of the greats and, you know, he... He's one of the greats, you know, lucky to what know a him. Loss. And, uh, yeah, such a loss. And, uh, but we got to keep rocking, you know, nothing else to do. And, uh, and so that's the album. Check it out. You know, it's a punk funks garage soul musical undertaking. And it's like, you know, you'll get into it. It'll be fun. It's and then great, uh, the a, other thing I'll plug. Album. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. The other thing I'll plug is, uh, uh, look, you can follow me on Instagram, etc. cetera, uh, Scott Rogers, R-O-D-G-E-R-S. You can just look me up or Dead Drummer Friends as well. And uh, But we're gonna, I'm going to do a, like a live streaming concert. Uh, if you follow me on Instagram, I'll oh, let you yeah. know about it through Highland Park TV. Uh, Stoney Sharp and some other people have access to this public access TV studio in Highland Park where they do these cool, like Don't Stop or We'll Die and the Sloppy yeah, Boys exactly. have done that. Um, so I'm going to do a version of that where it'll be really cool, like public access visuals and recording a live set with a band. Um, That's going to be awesome, yeah. Yeah, so look out for that. It's going to be dope. Oh yeah. Dude, thank you for doing this. Of this course, great. thank you. Appreciate yes. it. Yes. Thank you all for listening. Please stay safe. Take care. Wear a mask. I think that's a thing again, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Please do that. But primarily, get vaccinated. Thank you, and goodbye.